It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Hey, Justin, guess what? What's up? It's Golden Hour Adventure Time. (laughs) It's Golden Hour Adventures. (laughs) Uh, Today's guest is Anita Ortiz. She has an awesome resume running. Uh, We will get to all that and tell all of our good stories. She is in the Colorado Hall of Fame of running, which is beyond, beyond me. Uh, I can't wait to hear this. Beyond Um, me too. (laughs) I can't wait to hear the resume, to be honest with you. I'm so excited. Um, So welcome to the show, uh, Anita. And uh, why don't you tell us who you are and how you got into running? Oh, I'm just a lowly mother of four kindergarten school teacher that's what i am (laughs) i don't think a single person believes that (laughs) (laughs) um i I, let's see i i do a lot of running i do a lot of uh ultra running but prior to that i did a lot of mountain running that's where i actually started my running was running just mountain races shorter mountain races and um that's that's where i got my start but uh i got into it all Actually, I started running when I was very young. I started running when I was maybe in second grade because I wow. lived in a neighborhood where it, there were all boys and no girls. And so my brothers would, I had two brothers, they'd go off and play and all the boys would go off and play. And um, I just ran around the house. And I made it like a little track around my house where I wore the dirt away like your dog might do next to the <laughs> fence. Only I did it. <laughs> and um, I just ran. I just ran around the house and I would set goals to run 20 times and 30 times around the house. And I would I would run around and then there's a little bush right by the front door that I would jump over. And I really <laughs> liked when I run the dirt section. and. Um, so it started it started back then and um you know back back in the day there weren't sports for for girls much i mean uh, this was back in the god i hate to dare i say it the 60s and 70s so you you did gymnastics or you did nothing and i didn't really like gymnastics because they told me what to do and I didn't like anyone telling me what to do. So I ran and that's how I got into it. <laughs> you just kept uh, running. <laughs> I just, I just kept running it in sixth grade. There was a, there was, we had field day and there was the 600 yard run and you could win a trophy. And I remember this is when it was elementary school, went up to sixth grade and I wanted that trophy so bad. I trained to get that trophy. And, um, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. That got the competitive juices flowing. Cause I got that trophy and it was the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you run in high school? Um, I ran in middle school and then, yeah, I ran in high school. I ran for, um, we were high school and we actually, one state my senior year and we went through the year undefeated had a great team a lot of the a lot of the uh better runners went on and ran for like cu and um and but i didn't like the competition so i i swore i was never gonna run ever again and i chose a much more colorful path but i never quit running I just would run often with a slight hangover or um, (laughs) through college. It was, that's what it was. And it was, um, I just had a good time through college. We're all, you know, my, my my high school buddies were all running hard and, and uh, taking a different kind of, a different kind of route through college. And I kind of enjoyed college and, 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 uh, I guess I just, I lived the part of your lifestyle. And then, uh, when I went to graduate school, I got a little more serious, but still didn't run. And after my kids were born, I felt like I needed 
something else to identify as besides just uh, mom of four kids. So I started running again. And that was it. What age was this at? Oh my gosh, I got back into it late. It was probably like 36. Started oh, wow. competing hard at 36. Yeah. I, I, uh, my twins were born. I have four kids and they were born in, um, uh, 97, maybe 1997. And, um, my husband actually is the, is the, uh, uh, executive director of Vail Rec. And he would put on a lot of the races, the Vail Recreation race series. And he would encourage me to go out and run. And one day said, you know, you'd probably be good if you would get serious about this. <laughs> and kind of the, threw down the gauntlet. <laughs> and, I, and I took it on. I've kind of always been the type of person that I don't, choose a path I kind of I'm like flotsam in the ocean and I wherever the water pushes me up on the beach that's what I take and <laughs> then I work really hard to be good at that wherever it wherever I land so I didn't go out to try to be a good runner I just you know he threw he threw that challenge out and I said okay I'll take that challenge and um, started running and racing and First big race was a Pikes Peak race, and and I won that, and there was no looking back. I just fell in love. So your first big race was Pikes Peak Ascent? Yeah, it was my first. I had run a lot of local, the Vail Rec races, and done real well, and, and started winning those. Um, but it just stayed in that area. Had never really run anywhere but in the Vail area, and... And Mike, my husband, came home and said, you know, there's this race where they run up this 14er. You should look into that. I had no clue what it was, didn't know anything about it. You know, there I am, thrown up on the beach again. Um, and wherever I land, I do it. And he put that out there. And I said, okay, try that. And I <laughs> trained for it. And, and, uh, and, and then I met Nancy Hobbs, and she kind of um, – paved my way for, for the mountain team, helped me navigate that. And, um, I was on the way. Did you ever run Pikes Peak before that? No, no. That was your first I time? Really, yeah, it was my first time. I had never really <laughs> raced much. I, it was, I think Pikes Peak was in September and the first race I raced seriously that I didn't just like screw around and, you know, stop and tie my shoes and, and uh, it was in probably the end of June in Vail. And then Pikes Peak hit in September, maybe. So it was a very quick progression from when Mike said to me, you might be able to be good if you would just try. And, and me saying, okay, I'll try. You know, they say that after you have kids, your cardio is huge. And... Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like that might be the truth because <laughs> because my cardio was huge. At that point. <laughs> Got it all out, huh? Yeah. I mean, for your first race to win the Pike Peak, Pikes Peak Ascent, that's uh, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I didn't know it that then. What was it like I, winning that? Um, I kind of um, didn't realize that I was doing anything special for about a year. Oh, wow. So, you know, I was just kind of rolling along, running races and thinking, wow, this is really cool what my legs can do. This is really cool what my legs can do. And, and, but in the meantime, I had four kids and for a while I had four kids under the age of four. So I was really busy being a mom and working and, um, just struggling to to survive i would get up at three in the morning and run and train because i wanted to be a really good mom and um because that's what i do whatever i do i want to do it the best of my ability 
And so I would train at weird hours and I was super sleep deprived. So I don't think it really even hit me for a while that what I was doing was super cool. That's just, it's a stress release. It was, it was just what I did. It was. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I like to hear that. Cause now, I mean, now we know that race is, you know, it's part yeah. of the, whatever the golden mm-hmm. series. Yeah. And the uh, golden trail series. Yeah. Yeah. Golden trail series. Uh-huh. And it brings crazy competition now. Yeah. What was it like when you when you were running it? Um, it was you know there was Matt Carpenter, there was uh, there was uh, Cindy O'Neill, and she was good, and there was you know there were people. It was it was competitive, as competitive was back then. You know we aren't kicking out times like Kim Dobson does now or Allie Mack does now, um, but it was a different age. It was different. Everyone's gotten faster. Everything's gotten faster. And this was still well, late nineties. Um, no, this would have been, I think, two thousand and one, maybe. Okay. Is when that happened. Maybe two thousand. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm old. I don't remember anything. <laughs> Did you go back the following year and run it again? Um. Yeah, I went back the following year. I maybe three or four four times in a row and then I had a little time off and then again I think I've run it I'm going to tell you stuff and it's going to be all wrong and (laughs) that's going to be really bad but I don't remember I just don't remember things I not that I don't care to remember but it's not like why yeah you know why why remember it um but maybe maybe six maybe five times. And then I've done a marathon three times, maybe. Um, and I've won it 50% of the time or more. Maybe, nice. That I've run it. Yeah. Did you do the ascent then the marathon or did you just do the marathon? Um, no, I started doing the marathon when I lost some of my speed and, and switched ultras. Okay. Which was a little later in, and, and that was, was not a choice that I wanted to make. I didn't want to fall in love with running ultras, but I had a really bad injury at one point that, um, that reduced my pace a minute and a half per mile. Basically I completely ruptured my plantar fascia completely. So I have no toe off. I still don't like, I cannot push off on my toe on one foot. So I have a really wonky stride now. But I did that in like 2009, maybe seven, nine, something, somewhere in there. And, and so I switched to ultras because of that. So before the, the injury, you just, you were running the shorter mountain races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I competed on, on the, um, the mountain running team and went to, I don't know, five, maybe championships with that and did a lot of the national championship races and traveled around doing that kind of thing until my bad injury. Did you, uh, did you travel to other countries to do those races? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a, it was like, now they call it the world cup or maybe your world mountain championship, but then it was like the world trophy race, but it was as high as mountain running would go because it's not an Olympic sport. Um, but yeah, we would, my first year I traveled to Innsbruck, um, which was the first time I ever traveled internationally to race. And that was an eye opening. Oh my gosh. Um, like little, little fish in a very big pond on that one for me. What was the competition <laughs> like, um, back then at, you know, cause now the, you know, the European competition is outstanding it, it was, when the mountain world, the same, same. Same. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can't, you, you running against Italy and it's always gonna, it's always <laughs> going to be a burn, a burn the house down run. I remember just, um, the Matt team manager telling me you're going to have to go sprint from the start and never stop. And that had never, you, you just don't do that here or you didn't back mm-hmm. then. It wasn't the same, but man over there, crazy crazy how'd you do in the races over there in the 
another country? Um, I typically would get top ten, maybe. Wow. Never as never as good as as the gals are doing now. Never. I one year I won the Masters for women, the Masters World Race. But um, no, I was never as fast as as the girls are now. So <clears throat> your injury happened, then you lost some yeah. pace. Then you decided to go into ultras. What, what was your first ultra distance? Um, my first ultra was probably red hot in Moab. Okay. Um, I, I think that, I think that's what it was. And, um, sort of the same, sort of the same thing happened. It, it was, I worked hard at it. I kind of fell into it because of an injury. And so I said, okay, I'm going to be the best I can be at this. And, um, and though I had slowed down a lot, I still had a pretty good top speed and as long as I could maintain it. So that was the biggest difference for me was to just have to learn how to run longer. And I love running so I could run forever. Like I, I could run all day and not see another person or speak to anyone. And I'd be in my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to do in Colorado these days. <laughs> not where I live. No. Yeah. I can, you can disappear where I live. It's awesome. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm intrigued on how you found the, the ultra world. Cause the ultra world, you know, back then what you're saying early 2000, late 2000s, 2009, somewhere in there mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, it still was, of, I mean, it's niche now, but it was extremely niche then. Like yeah. what drove you to finding the ultra world after an injury and, and kind of where did, like, what was going through your mind? Like, I can't run fast anymore. Let me run long type thing. Mm -hmm. I had a friend actually who had done an ultra and I don't know where she found it, but she said, Hey, you know, let's, you should, you should do this. Let's try doing some of these. And, and, um, there's, and, and I think red hot, my first red hot was one of its first years. Like it's maybe it's maybe second, second or third year. So it was a brand new race and it was small and it was warm and, you know, cause I'm where it snows all the time and <laughs> it's in February. And so, uh, it was, it was, a, an appealing thing to do. Um, my second ultra was actually Zane gray. And, um, people, I don't know if you know the Zane Gray course. I've been on some of it. People either love it or hate it. <laughs> and I, lo I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, the, the, the fact that I continued running ultras after Zane Gray <laughs> shows that I really love running because I hated the course. It's, it's a, I loved it, but I hated it. Like it was so hard. Um, and that that was my second ultra so that was like trial by fire you survive that one and you can do it <laughs> were these distances the 50k 50 miles or um a zane gray i think was a 50 miler and okay. i went in that stupid like i didn't have water i didn't have i didn't carry <laughs> anything most of my i didn't start well you know what though in all fairness there weren't packs when i first started running ultras there weren't water bottles. You would carry, you'd get a plastic water bottle at the store and carry it in your hand. And that's yeah, all like that the, was. Like the biker's bottles and stuff like that. Is that kind of what they had around? No, or? like it, like a water bottle. Like a oh, like Dasani an actual water, water bottle. Oh, like okay. A, there was no such thing as a water bottle you'd carry. And, yeah. um, you know, so I just, I didn't, I didn't know. And I didn't, I mean, maybe there was, maybe there was, I <laughs> Maybe there was, and I'm ignorant about it, but, uh, I didn't really start training to carry water until, um, probably, uh, Western States. That's when I got serious about training actually. How much longer, when did you, uh, run Western after Zane Gray? Um, I wish I could remember that. I piled a bunch in there in that couple of years. So it couldn't have been any more than two, two years from the first Red Hot to Western, I don't think. Maybe three. 
was uh, Western a lottery then, or how did you get into Western? Um, I actually went out and ran Miwok. Okay. Miwok, and when it was 100K, and I went out with that same friend that got me excited about ultras. And I actually, she didn't go, she blew me off. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> right, like, how do you blow somebody off on a race you're traveling across the country to do? But uh, <laughs> something came up, so she but we had trained for it and I got there and I went and I was talking to somebody and they said, so if you win a golden ticket or you, no, it wasn't even a golden ticket. If you win an entry to Western States, you going to go. And I didn't even know what Western States was. I was like, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what that race is. I don't know. Didn't know anything about it. I had previously said, um, why would anyone ever want to run more than 50 miles? It's the same thing. You've done 50. Why would you want to do more? <laughs> but then I got an entry and I decided to take it and um, loved it. Was loved that it. was that was your first hundred? I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How how did Western States go for you? Um, it was good. I mean, I I the one the good thing about Western that year was Miwok happened in april maybe i can't remember april or may and so western was not very long after so i was still in pretty darn good shape if it had been a lot longer after i might have gotten lazier and gotten out of shape i don't know but i went in ignorant and ignorance is bliss and i <laughs> talked to some people and got some really good advice and ended up winning so um so yeah i guess no complaints it went well <laughs> she just casually dropped. Yeah, I just won Western States. It's all, you know. <laughs> well, uh, after you won Western States, did the sponsors look out to you or any running groups? Um, Maybe, yeah. Or I can't remember. Solomon picked me up at some point. I'm not sure if it was before Western or after Western, but I, I was with Solomon for a long time. Um, okay. until I got another fatal injury where I couldn't wear Solomon anymore. Not fatal. Clearly I'm still here. But <laughs> well, I, had, I got another really bad injury that Solomon shoes just don't work for me. Oh. So how long were we with Solomon for? Oh goodness. Um, from whenever it started. So sometime around 2005 or seven, I'm not sure. To about 2000, let's see, it's 23, probably about 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was how it to work with Solomon? It was awesome. It was, you know, I worked mostly with Adam Chase and, you know, it was the good old boys back then and it was great. Um, you, wait, you know, when would that have been? My last world championship race that I was on, my last... Um, world championship team I was 52 so so that had been six years ago so that's about I, I gave you about the right time um and I was still with Solomon then but yeah it was it was great I loved working with Solomon they were great to me they treated me great they um they probably would have hung on to me because I was the old guard and um, but it's just not right if you can't wear the product to say you're representing the product. And I just couldn't. It just um, goes against the grain for me to wear, to say I wear something when I don't. Yeah. Yeah. How many times did you do Western States? Um, I only did it twice. Well, no, oh, three okay. times. Um, and. Yeah, it's not my, I mean, it's the coolest thing I've ever done, but it's not. Oh God, is that even fair to say? It's the coolest thing I've ever done. It's the coolest <laughs> thing I ever did. In, it was the coolest thing I ever did in that era. Yeah. At that time, for sure. But like, I've done really cool things since then. And I did really cool things before that. It's just different, you know, and I raised a really cool family and, and that's, there's just there are a lot of really awesome things. If I yeah. could do my life all over again, I would not change a second of it. Through all the good and the bad and the highs and the lows and all the 
big time injuries and um, I'm like a I've injured I've broken every bone in my body at this point from running because of running but I still wouldn't do it I'd still do it all again <laughs> uh, I like that I like yeah that. I guess you know life you could uh, say life's like an ultra you know especially the 100 mile distance there's a uh, ups and downs yeah right for sure that's but you know I like that life's like an ultra <laughs> <laughs> or you could say an ultra is like life yeah. either you know, yeah you could say it either way it yeah. does flash between your eyes when you're when you're out there. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the injury that drove you away from Solomon? Um, not drove I, you away, but caused you not to be able right, to wear the shoes. Right, right. I um I got a I fractured my cuboid bone in my in the top of my foot, and it became arthritic, and I had to fuse that joint the talonavicular joint um so like my foot has no side to side rocking motion Hmm. um and because of that with solomon's um very sleek shoe that is very connected to the ground like you feel and you can I mean, that's what they're all about. That's what you want, right? You want to know where you're putting your foot and you want a responsive shoe. Um, when you have a metal plate in the top of your foot, you need maximum cushioning, not responsive yeah. hard ground. Yeah. So I switched to, of course, Hoka's because that's what they give me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wear Hoka's too. Love my Hoka's. Um, oh, lost my train of thought. I got hooked on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, did you have, did you run any other hundreds besides Western States? No, I know. I never run any others. So do you, I uh, still sort of feel like, why would you ever run hundred miles? I feel that <laughs> way. I really truly feel that way. Like I could run forever, but to do it in a race, I don't, I just don't like why. I, so you're more drawn to the shorter distances, ultra distances. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like, I like the idea of running a hundred, but my body doesn't, my body doesn't like it. So maybe if my body would like it more, I would do more and I would, and I would be more willing to do more, but I'll stick to a a hundred K or yeah, I'll stick to a hundred K or a 50 miler now. Do you think that's because of the effort you put in when you run that you just, you don't, the hundred mile distance is just not for you with the effort you put in? Um, might be, and it, it might, I think it's just, I, you know, I don't know. It might just be that my, that it's not, my body just doesn't like it. It's just too. Yeah, the effort I put in, it's hard on my body. And I like to sleep at night. (laughs) So so that puts me out of hundreds contention. I like to sleep at night. That's funny. In your own bed, too. (laughs) Right. Not not on my feet while I'm moving. I like to. Or a nice little trail nap, but (laughs) what's your favorite race that you've ever done? Oh, that too would be different. Like different times in my life, I would have different favorite races. Okay. Um, Western's going to be my favorite for sure. But then, but then there are so many other awesome races. Like I raced um, the Bryce 50 mile, not Bryce. I did do that. I did the Array, Array 50 miler last year. And it was an amazing, amazing race. And so I'd say, well, that's the, my favorite race I've ever done, but for all different reasons. So I can't really, you can't really compare. That's not yeah. fair. It's like saying, yeah. what's your favorite kid? You can't say what's your favorite kid. It's horrible. I can't pick. A lot of times I hear that their favorite race is the last race they did because it's right. It, right. It might most be. recent. And yeah. Uh-huh. The yeah. You can't, you can't pick like, and your Ray had different reason for being, an amazing race than maybe Western did. And 
you know, like, what's your favorite food? Do I like Mexican or Chinese or what? You can't, I can't pick. Yeah. They're different. Whatever you're feeling like. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. So what keeps drawing you back to, you know, you said you just did your 50 last year and that's an extremely tough race. Like what keeps drawing you back to these mountain races as opposed to maybe moving on to, you know, the flatter, Flatter, mm. quote unquote flatter faster that's a little mm. bit more forgiving on the body mm. um well i i don't know that i think flatter is more forgiving yeah. <laughs> right like yeah, when you're true, yeah. going when you're climbing up a mountain there's not a lot of impact now when you're going down there's a lot of impact for sure but that's one thing i've never had a problem with like i can slam down a mountain and my knees are solid um, but I don't know. I just love how hard it is to go mm. uphill. I love that. I love like breathing so hard that your lungs feel like they're being ripped by a fork. <laughs> You're just <laughs> working so hard. I love that feeling. It's just a passion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the things you can see when you're in the mountains, you don't see, you can't, you can't see that anywhere flat. Yeah. The flowers you see, the trees you see, the animals you see, the shadows from the sun as it's setting on the green hills. And you just, that's, it, it, you don't get that when it's flat. You don't get those variations and all those special pieces of the world that are out there that, that anyone can see if they're running on a road. But only I can see where I go because I go to such extreme places. Have you ever run any road races? Um, I used to do stuff like the Boulder Boulder, and and I was fast. Or you know, I was never that fast though. Um, fast enough, but no, that that would be it. The Boulder really Boulder. Liked. Yeah, <laughs> I, my first my first marathon was a road marathon, and I did that when I was in high school. Okay. Um, so I did that. I ran the New York City Marathon. I did that. So that was a road race. Mm -hmm. That's about it. <laughs> it's weird that it's, it's weird, but it's kind of funny. You, you find people that, you know, have run the road and got their start on road and then they transition to trail and they very rarely go back, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it, you know, or people just find themselves in the trail and then they never go to road. It's just, yeah, it's funny how that happens. Or, yeah. Cause I started on the road and, you know, I didn't start very far off of the trail. I ran the road like a couple races and then I immediately got on the trails and, you know, but it's just, you can't it, beat it, the trail. You really it's can't. Just, and it's just such a hard, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's the mental challenge and the physical challenge at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never ran any road races. Um, but for me, the mountains, they just keep you going the road. I, I mean, you could just zone out and, you know, you just keep one foot in front of another as fast as you can go or whatever your goal is. But with the mountains, you, mm -hmm. you got to pay attention to a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got to sort of be present. Yeah. And you know, you were talking about Zane gray, but you can't even take your eye off that trail <laughs> for one second. <laughs> You're so locked into that trail that, you can't go anywhere else besides your mind's 100% on that trail. It's so nasty. See, that's so true. Because if you let your mind wander for a split second, you're going down on that trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you can, you can never get a full flat footstep in Zangre either. Like, you're no, either it's always on, on a rock, rock or you're, <laughs> yeah, you're on the top of a rock. Your foot's never flat on the ground anywhere. <laughs> yeah. In that race. So what keeps you motivated to keep running? Um, I think the, uh, what, you, what, what there is out there, what the, the stuff you see, the stuff you see, I just love seeing nature. I just love nature. Nature's awesome. It's yeah. just, it's just beautiful out there. That's totally what it is. Um, I love the feeling of the, of my body moving through space, through time and space. 
but I like doing that out in a mountain area, forest by myself where it's just me and the birds and the, and the trees. You primarily, oh, that sounds uh, cheesy, but. no, <laughs> you know, one of the same reasons I think a lot of people are yeah. under the trail. Um, yeah. The places you go and see, I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's always something new around the next corner. Yeah. Even if you're on that trail, who knows how many times you might see something exactly. different. It, it's never the same. No trail is yeah. ever the same, right? Right. Um, geez, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to ask? Have your, has your running inspired um, any of your family members to take up running? I know you said your, your husband runs, but your, your kids... Well, actually, my husband doesn't run. He just is in charge of the race series. Oh, okay. He's a he's a big golfer. He's a he's a golfer and a basketball player, actually. Oh, okay. So not really a runner, which is kind of nice because um, when I was running hard, he was able to support me with the kids. But um, I have two daughters that run quite a bit. Um, one ran in college on the east coast and she runs for fun still now she's in california and then another one ran for cu um and now she's in denver she actually raced in the world trophy race when she was younger and won so she was a champion oh wow um for the for the under 20 division so yeah she's she's wicked fast, but she's not racing much right now. Cause she's a second year resident in medicals. Well, to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't have much training time right now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, occupied I, other yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I, I remember my question now, do you a uh, primary train alone or do you run with other people? Um, I, it's about 50, 50. It's about 50, 50. I, when I was really racing a lot and racing hard in my younger days, I had a solid group of people that I ran with probably four days a week, three or four days a week. And then I would do anything that was really uh, important. I have to focus workout. I would do by myself. And now it's, it's about the same amount. It's just not as many people. A lot of us have gotten old. There's only a few of us old people that are still running in that running group. But uh, yeah, I like to train with people, but I also really like to train alone. Yeah. Yeah. I could see when you got a, you know, a focus workout that. Yeah. It makes it harder to train with it, people. It does. But I also feel like, um, it's, it's with my life and as busy as I was with the kids when I was running really hard, that would be the only time I would see or talk to other people besides being at work. But then that's kids, you know, I'm an elementary school teacher. So I'm dealing with kids at work <laughs> and I'm dealing with kids at home. So the only adult <laughs> interaction I would have would be at, at 4.30 in the morning with a running group of people. And so that was really valuable to me. I really appreciated that and um and never never didn't go because a workout a different workout was more important i would just fit out fit my other workout in, in at another time oh interesting yeah because i never like i said it was serious but it was not serious for me yeah it was just a release essentially from yeah yeah and, and it was something i was good at but it wasn't when I was racing, it was blood sport, but when I was training, it was just fun. Always. Did you, were you coached once you started running, uh, professionally or did you not for a program really, yourself? really, really, really long time after I started racing, I tried it and it didn't work very well for me. Um, I don't, same reason I didn't like gymnastics when I was a kid. I don't like people telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, clearly what not, you were doing on true. yourself was working <laughs> well, yeah yeah and it's and I and the people were wonderful I just don't I just don't listen I would feel like what I can do myself is 
it's working for me. So yeah. 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 So I never, I never really, I tried it. I tried it more than a few, I tried it like three times throughout my running career and it's never, it's never stuck. Yeah. So what, what, how do you design a training program for yourself? Or you just go run? I just go run. (laughs) I, I will, I will try to do a hill workout once a week, a speed workout once a week. Um, and then the rest is just running and sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's hilly and sometimes it's long and sometimes it's short. And, um, it's kind of just whatever I feel like I, I really, I, I really have gone at all of this just by dumb bumbling through (laughs) and it's been, and it's worked. I just bumble through and it's worked. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, having a coach, there's accountability, but it doesn't sound, seem like you needed the accountability. You were already, it was your release, so yeah, you just went and got it done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I never had a problem like motivating to get up at, my alarm used to go off at 3.36, and I would get up get out the door. I never had a problem doing that. I I still get up, but not quite that early, but I still get up pretty early. I've never had a problem with motivation for it. So you still, you still get up early and train still? 4.17. That's when I get up now. Well, I get up at 4.07, but then my alarm snoozes me for 10, 10 minutes. And then I get up at 4.17. I like these uh, random times you wake up. I know. Isn't it weird that, but (laughs) there's, It's it's always a six or a seven. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it is always a six or a seven. Wow. Yeah. Should I say I'm gonna it's gonna be four oh six. That's what that's when it's gonna go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. There's never four <laughs> o'clock. It's never I think because I feel like if you say four oh five, that's like so early. But if it's four oh seven. You got that extra two That's minutes. <laughs> it feels <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> I might have to try that. <laughs> You're gonna have that. See? Try it. Just two minutes. Add two minutes on. Be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've you you've come up through the sport, you know, ultra is now booming and there's you know thousands of people that run their first mm-hmm. ultra every every year mm-hmm. from here on out, you know. It, I started running ultras and the numbers are staggering the amount of new ultra runners, which is awesome. Our community is growing. Yeah. You've seen, and you've even mentioned that the speed had, you know, they've even gotten faster. Like, what do you think the reasoning behind all these um, fast runners and, you know, constantly breaking records and, you know. Well, for the same reason that the mile gets faster. Like, why is it that people keep bringing the mile time down? I don't know. Why is it? I don't know why, but I do think with ultras, part of it is that people aren't bumbling into it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, their people are better at hydrating and eating and preparing. Um, people are doing a better job that way. So, um, of course it's, of course it's going to get faster. And then the more people that do it, yeah, the, the competition gets to be more. So, I think that's a big part of it too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy what they can do now. Sheesh. I know it's insane. I do, and you yeah. see the record fall almost every year. It's, you know, some new record is falling, whether it be on the track or be on, you know, a golden ticket race. And it's right. Just, you know, we stuff saw, Camille Heron saw, is doing is insane. Yeah. yeah we saw it's, Camille just broke the 48 hour record. Courtney yeah. broke the, the Bandera golden ticket race this year and so it's just you know they're it's phenomenal you know i I kind of wish i I was young still and could do it (laughs) i love watching (laughs) the women's races more than i do the men's it's just they're so much more entertaining and they're like so much more competitive and you know all this new live streaming for all the races is fantastic isn't that a hoot that is fun getting to watch that all play out i know and i'm just stuck to my tv for you know (laughs) 
17 hours. You and a whole bunch of other people. Like how many, how many of us waste a day watching and refreshing and watching and yeah. Bandera, Black Canyon, and, and, and you know, Cocodona's coming up. I'm definitely going to be watching that. for Right. Days. Two days. <laughs> yeah. A few days. <laughs> oh, we should just, try, you know, try to stay awake the whole time and take a little naps here and there. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned you wish you were younger to so you could you'd be part of this this crew. Yeah, I would like to be part of be part of it. But you know, it's pretty. It was also pretty cool being being there when as it was all really starting to get bigger. Yeah, you know, I was there at the beginning of that, and I was there early on when mountain running happened, and that was cool too. Um, I just gosh, I wish I could still do it. Like what yeah. runner doesn't? Everybody wishes exactly, yeah. still do yeah. it. That's, it's a silly thing to say because of course you you wish you could still do it and you feel sad that you aren't what you used to be. But well, uh, I wouldn't say cool uh, what you I was used doing to it. be. You, you're still com- competing at a very high level. <laughs> I still compete, but I'm, I'm not what I, I'm not what I want to be. I want to do the best I can do. Yeah. I guess I need to frame that differently because I still do the best I can do for right now. But I want to do the, I, I still want to be 36. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Got 20 plus years on that. It's been a long haul. Who was some of your competition you were competing against? You know, because this, you know, you hear the the Courtney's, the Camille's nowadays. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. you know, there's a, a couple other names that float around, but who was the, right. the talk of the right. town? back in the early 2000s. Um, well, Danelle Ballingy was a big one for me. Um, and you know her story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she she was a major inspiration in my running actually. And who else was there? I don't, you know, was Pam Reed running competitively at that time? Um, she was, but she was doing ultras before I was. Okay. She was already doing like Badwater and those things before before I was doing and you, that, and she was doing more of the hundred miler stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Y'all probably didn't cross paths too much. No, okay. no. Um, Nikki Kimball. Yep. Was Nikki yeah. Kimball and I, you know, and that was even before I met Nikki before she started running ultras. She and I raced each other in mountain races. She kind of had the same progression, only she hit ultras quicker than I did. Um. And, and that was, she was the big one. Um, it was a, it was a different world. People didn't travel to run races then much. Yeah. You ran races in your little pocket and that's what you did. It, and you certainly didn't fly across the country to run for, run a race. The first time I did that, I felt <laughs> almost like, like I was, you know, breaking a rule or something, flying to run a race. Like, oh my yeah. God, people really do that. That's. Nowadays, that's a company that's right. Yeah. yeah, people people fly to just watch races. I, I did that last weekend. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> but you didn't do that then. That was unheard of. So, with the the growth in ultra and just in mountain running itself, um, where do you see it going, and what what do you take away from that? Um, do you think it's good? Do you think there's any bad? Um, um I, I, I'm hesitant to say if I think there's any good or bad. I think, I think, I think people are starting it really young and I think it's going to destroy a lot of people. And I hope that doesn't happen, but it's really hard on your body. hundred mile races are really hard on your body. And people that are starting to run hundreds in their twenties, we don't know what they're doing to their body. You know, who knows what, where that's, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's cause I started so late that my body fell apart quicker, but there have been a lot of really awesome runners that aren't running now. Yeah. That were running ultras when I was but they were younger and they ran more and they ran harder and now they're not running. Yeah. So 
you know, is that because they've destroyed themselves too young? I, I worry about that. And I also, not that I worry, like, but I also feel like um, I'm very family oriented. And I don't think kids should put off, people should put off having their family in lieu of running. And I see that happening and that mm -hmm. makes me sad, but every, right. it's their choice, you know? Yeah. Their own choice. You do see that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when I started in 2011, you know, Anton and all those, mm -hmm. you know, people were, and just to watch them not be able to run anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, just hearing 200 mile weeks, especially with Anton, it's like, mm -hmm. what did he do to his body? Mm -hmm. You know, then same with Timothy Olsen. I mean, when he mm -hmm. was going good, then all of a sudden he just started falling apart. I mean, he's got the PCT trail, FKT. That's a little slower. Mm -hmm. But like you say, Justin and I talk about longevity in the sport quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, you see all these people on social media throwing down 100 mile weeks. And how long can someone sustain that? Mm-hmm. Especially in the mountain world, I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, and that's so. That's what that's where I, where I feel fortunate because, for a couple reasons, I started later, so perhaps that helped. Um, and because I'm, I've had great longevity. I mean, been oh two. 12, 22, so at least 20 years that I've been racing. Um, why, why is that? Is that because I didn't do 100 mile weeks? Is that because I didn't start as early? Who knows? But I do feel like uh, the trend now, more training harder, racing harder, faster is awesome because it's amazing what they're doing, but what are you doing to your body? Yeah. You know, so. these, these people that are, you know, going after a, a hundred a month and all these other crazy things, <laughs> just mind blowing. <laughs> well, I mean, and there are some people who can do it. Like, like, you know, obviously Courtney's been, she's been solid. She's had a few times where her body's been tired, obviously, but, but she's solid, but not everyone is that solid. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what, you know, a lot of these people, because the, the sport is still so young and mm -hmm. we don't know all the effects long term that it's going to have on people. We just see people come and go. Um, right. Right. Um, what what are what's going to happen 20 years from now? What are people going to be like 20 years from now? Yeah. 30 years from now. Who knows? I do think that the the 200 miler and the two it's 250 and um it's an interesting fun thought that if i were younger i would probably toy with it in my mind but i don't think i would ever ever would have done it because i go back to that why would anyone ever want to run 100 miles <laughs> run 50 it's the same <laughs> but yet i've done it and i loved it and so no 200 no. on the docket no, sir. <laughs> not doing that. Nope, 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 nope. We have yeah, interviewed a couple. We have interviewed a couple people that have told us that a two hundred is easier than a hundred. Isn't that funny? Why I wonder? Because they're going I don't slower. Know. I. Yeah, I would assume. I don't know. I just I've never ran a two hundred, so I couldn't. Oh, I can't speak I think from the experience. Order would kill but... me. <laughs> order yeah. would kill me. I would like. I would... <laughs> Get me away from myself right now. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. Eat, sleep, keep going. And I, I, I love to run, but God, I just don't, I just don't see that. I just, no, 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 no. Hard no. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> right? <laughs> you might just change your mind one day. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> What do you have uh, uh, on the docket for this year for races? Um, well, let's see. Um, the the Sunapee, there's a Sunapee National Championship race that's that I'm going to go do for fun. It's just an uphill 
vertical K. And it's where they're choosing the mountain running team for this year to go compete um, in Austria. And I'm actually going to be a team manager for that team this year. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of playing a different role. So I'm going to go run the race and then also be there to pick the team. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, that's fun. And then um, I'm doing your Ray again because I loved it. I'm doing, what else? Uh, Never Summer in Fort Collins. I'm doing. Are you doing the 100K? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, There's a couple others and I can't remember. So I have to look at my ultra sign up and see what they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing. And hope I haven't double booked anything. <laughs> Ura Never Summer, Kindle Mountain, and Silverton. Alpine. There you go, Kindle Mountain and Silverton. Yep. Yep. And those are the same weekend, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I have, and then I'll throw something in there. Um, Ura got moved to September this year, so I'll do something in October probably. Too, but I don't. I don't like. I I typically throw in some some other things. Like I know I'll do the local race series. I know I'll go do the Chase the Moon twenty four hours because I do that with my kids every year. I know I'll go do um um probably the race in Crested Butte. I'll probably do some Human Potential, but I sign up for those on the you know at the last minute, just depending if I feel. That's if I'm feeling always, love that day. It's always great about human potential. You can sign up the day of yeah. the race. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, one of the questions we like to ask is, what kind of gear do you use? Um, you, you mentioned your Hoka's. And yeah. you, you mentioned when you first started, there was no race yeah. vests or backpacks yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So are you using one now? Yeah. I. Um, I still love my Solomon packs. I mean, the Solomon pack is a great pack. Yeah, they are. So I use my Solomon packs. I don't like to carry because it bothers me to hear sloshing and stuff. So I will, I will uh, use my pack or I'll use nothing basically. Um, my go-to that I never leave home without are my Injinji socks. If there's one thing that I cannot run a race without, it's my Ingenji socks. The first time I put on a pair, I never looked back. <laughs> They're just awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. Which uh, model Hoka do you wear? Oh, gosh. Um, um, I don't know. I have... <laughs> I have the the stint the Stinton Beach Stinson? the Stint yeah Stinton Beach is not Stinton Beach the Stinton ATRs I use uh, okay um, the Cliftons maybe it's Clifton one yeah because I have some that I wear on the road that are a little, a little bit less beefy um, Bondies I have okay those are the ones that I have currently in my closet so just depending on how my feet feel that morning or where I'm going out. What do you use for nutrition? Um, Pop Tarts. <laughs> Pop Tarts for nutrition. Pop Tarts and Rice Krispie treats. It's everything you need and nothing you don't. Like, and I'm telling you the truth. That's what I eat is Pop Tarts and Rice Krispie treats. I will, um, if it's a really long race, I'll I'll eat like cola goose. But Pop-Tarts and Rice Krispie Treats are my go-to. And um, uh, brown sugar cinnamon. Brown sugar oh, cinnamon. those are the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> those are the best. And you can crumble them up, and they're, you know, they're packaged, two in a package, right? So they they're, they fit in your pack because they're flat, and you can crumble them up and, and take little bits, and you can suck on them if you need to. And <laughs> they're just oh, so yummy, and they are everything you need. Nothing you don't. Um, what do I like to drink? I, oh, I drink scratch. Scratch. Scratch is what I 
like the pineapple scratch. Oh, that one is a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, try that one. I haven't tried that one. Oh, it's really good. I'm pretty much basic. You know, I whatever's there, I eat it. Whatever's whatever's around, I go wherever the wherever the waves push me on the beach, I take it. <laughs> There's a pop tart there, I eat it. If it's It's the best thing about the eight station buffets. There's always something that'll get you. Yeah, you know, I'm not really big on those though. Like I will typically blast through an aid station. Um I feel like there's so much time wasted at aid stations. So if it's an important race, I um, have multiple packs mm. and I put a pack at an aid station and I just swap out my pack so that I don't even stop because that's, I mean, that can, aid stations can kill it, can kill a person in a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the time adds up. Yeah. So I don't allow myself to enjoy aid stations even still when i don't care about my time and i'm not trying to win i still don't do aid stations just hmm. too programmed that way i guess <laughs> yeah i guess if it works it works don't don't yeah. stop yeah yeah so another question we always ask is who who's someone you look up to or someone that has good stories that we should have on our podcast Hmm. Who is someone I look up to? That's really hard. Because who do you look up to? I mean, like everybody, you look up to everybody. Everybody has something that's valuable and a life lesson for everybody. Everybody, I look up to everybody. Um, but who would be entertaining on a podcast? Yeah. Uh Andy Wacker. Andy Wacker? Yeah. <laughs> Andy Wacker would be awesome. Sage Kennedy. Yeah. I would I would listen to Sage Kennedy on a podcast all night long. Because he's so funny and he's so real. You don't see um, him on Gina, podcasts very much anymore. You he doesn't do podcasts? I, I haven't heard him on podcasts in a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just not listening to the right ones. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Gina Lucrezi, she would probably be good. Because she yeah. started Trail Sisters. I bet she has a great story about why she did that and what she's come, where that's taken her in life. And and what her reasoning is for taking that role. Yeah, yeah the Trail cool. Sisters is a, yeah, it's good. Because it's thing. huge and it's a wonderful thing. It's amazing. It's amazing thing she's done with that. I was at Lake Sonoma um, for another event where we were picking a team for another um, for another uh, world trophy race, world cup race for the 80K team in racing in Austria this summer. So I was there pick, working to pick that team and it, they had the Trail Sisters half marathon and um, that wasn't part of the selection, but it was happening at the same time. And she puts on the whole race and she does an amazing job, but the stuff she does with trail sisters and the community she's building with women is so powerful that I think there are a lot of women that really feel comfortable in racing because she does those events. Hmm, Cool. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. Anita, we thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to come and talk to us and tell us your story. We really appreciate it. Hope I didn't sound too goofy. <laughs> of course. No, not. never. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I was going to say, we, the goofier, the better for our show. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's how we roll. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, we'd like to, you know, give you some time if you want to shout anyone out or thank anyone or if you have any, you know, sponsors or ambassadorships you want to plug or anything that you want to plug we'll give you some time to... you know what I, w- I just want to plug my family because my family is awesome and they've supported me and helped me through this whole journey and and i my kids are amazing and they've made me feel confident and allowed me to take this journey while they were growing up and my husband they deserve a lot of credit. 
So yeah, an, that's who I want to shout out to. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. It's not always easy, you know, being a a family family was an ultra runner. <laughs> yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> and and my husband with four, you know, four kids. He had to take on a lot of responsibility. I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people find you? Where can they find me? Yes. Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. I'm Ortiz Runs and Facebook. Same. I don't do a lot of social media, though. It just kind of goes against the grain with me. I'm, I'm all about enjoying it. And it, I don't. It's going to sound really bad, but I don't feel like I need to put my stuff out there for somebody else to approve. Yeah. Fair. So I'm not, so I'm not big on social media. That's that sounds fair. really bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. <laughs> no, you're not the first that we've heard. I, you know, and it's, um, that partially comes from being in schools and seeing what social media does to young kids and what they post and how it's all about, you know, my life is so great and the suicide rates are so high with kids these days because their life doesn't compare to what they see on social media. So I have this, this negative feel about it um, because I think so often it's used for the wrong reasons. So yeah. when I post stuff, it's usually pretty pictures. Perfect. And that's yeah, it. that's perfect. Pretty pictures <laughs> yeah. on your run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Anita. We really uh, appreciate you taking your time. Well, thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. Hopefully yeah, we'll I've... see you around at one of the trails. Yeah. And it's been fun. I really appreciate it.